an effective financial planning relationship has very little to do with the money. Like so much of what you're doing is sitting with somebody and helping them just diagnose their concerns and their fears and their desires and their wants. And so I, I just think back to the, the, the maybe the best relationships I have with clients over a long period of time now are ones where the first time they're in the office, we just don't even, we don't pull out a piece of paper. We don't, we don't talk about an account. I couldn't tell you if they had a dollar or $10 million. Really, the conversation is around what got them to where they are today and what prompted them to want to sit with an advisor. Welcome to the Community Conversation Podcast presented by Community America Credit Union. We have a compelling and impactful story to tell, and our goal with these conversations will never be to sell you something. We would rather have an important discussion with our very talented employees, leaders, members, community partners, and experts from a variety of industries and causes to help educate and inform you. Stay tuned at the end of the podcast for some important disclosures. Welcome back to the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. I'm your host today, Justin Rickliff's friend and partner of Community America, and looking forward to having a familiar voice back on the podcast and a new voice on the podcast. So uh, I'll do some quick intros. We'll set the stage and then we'll get into it. So we've got Heath Birch, um, a lot of you will remember and, and know Heath, and then Joe Kramer, new voice to the podcast. Joe and Heath are both advisors with Wealth Management by Community America. We're super excited to have them on the show today and certainly excited to get into today's topic. But first, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Justin. Good to be back. Yeah. Tell us a little bit. Uh, remind us who you are, Heath, what you do, how long have you been here, all that fun stuff. Yeah, like you said, wealth advisor here at the credit union. So working directly with families throughout the credit union in all areas of wealth management. Broad term, but 23 years in the business, last 10 here at the, the credit union, hopefully many more. So Good. It's good to have your voice back on the show, Heath. Uh, Joe, quick intro. Yeah, Joe Kramer, also a wealth advisor here at the credit union. I was uh, started here about 10 years ago as a personal banker, loan officer, and then I switched over to the financial planning side about seven years ago. And uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you. So we're here in October. Fall is here. Thank goodness. Chiefs are back. All that's good. Um, today's conversation is going to center around the psychology of money. We've talked a lot of practical pieces and, and lots of helpful tips and, and tools for folks in their their journey towards financial peace. And today we're, we're going to get maybe a little bit more emotional. Right? <laughs> um, and, and it turns out money isn't quite just a, a logical conversation. It's a very deeply personal and psychological conversation too. So uh, we're going we're gonna to have um, several pieces of the dialogue, but a quick synopsis, the way members and all of us feel about money has a significant impact on the way it gets managed, right? And typically, those with a financial plan feel more financially secure than those without. So today's show, we're going to discuss common emotions, which is an interesting conversation, um, often associated with money, how that can be a vital resource toward towards financial planning and the many forms it can take. So big, medium, small, <laughs> whatever uh, the, on the spectrum, simply having that plan can can also evoke emotions associated with feeling better about money. So big topic, lots to cover. So let's get into it. Yeah. yeah. You hit something big there. I think 
the fact that we all internalize our own money and it's so personal is what makes this hard. Like, I, I don't know that financial planning is necessarily that complicated for most people, right? Like the, the tactics and the tools and tricks are pretty straightforward, but it, it it's hard not to overthink it and worry and let fear step in or greed or get too optimistic when things are doing well or going well and <clears throat> get too pessimistic when things are going bad. It's like the pendulum always overswings. And so you mentioned working with somebody or maybe outsourcing somebody. This is somebody who's not as um, personally connected to your money. Yeah, sure. This is really important. Yeah. 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 And, and it's Heath, to your point too, the, the emotions, we don't, we don't typically sit around when we're having money conversations and address the fear, address the greed, address the guilt, address the, address the shame. And even in the, in the, in the journey that you all are taking members on, address that peace of mind. Peace of mind is a feeling. (laughs) It's also a state, but, but that, that journey, if we can't address and be honest, maybe of, of even what, what are those starting things that are, that are brewing internally? What, what are, what are some of those things that you guys start to see on those early indicators of the emotional journey? Oh, Justin, you're spot on. I, I, I think a, a good, let me put it this way, an, an effective financial planning relationship has very little to do with the money. Like so much of what you're doing is sitting with somebody and helping them just diagnose their concerns and their fears and their desires and their wants. And so, you know, obviously the financial piece is a component. The money is a tool to accomplish these goals or mitigate these fears or risks. But I, I just think back to the, the, the maybe the best relationships I have with clients over a long period of time now are ones where the first time they're in the office, we just don't even, we don't pull out a piece of paper. We don't, we don't talk about an account. I couldn't tell you if they had a dollar or $10 million really the conversation is around what got them to where they are today and what prompted them to want to sit with an advisor. Sure. Mm-hmm. The comfortability level is a big thing. Yeah. It's hard to start. You know, it's everybody thinks of this process as this cumbersome, you know, multi-meeting, multi-year process. And I guess in the end it is, but it's one step at a time. So like there's always one thing that prompted you to want to make that phone call or ask a buddy who he or she is working with and I need somebody to talk to about this. We'll start there and find your footing and then you build on it. Like it's an incremental process that if done right, it's going to take time. So it's, it's just finding the courage to start and maybe trusting that you, you want somebody else to help you along this journey. Sure. And drowning out the noise, I think is very important as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear a lot of people talk about their families and how they, like we talked about later on is the families, how they affect your money thought process and coming in and just kind of drowning that noise out and having that full conversation because there's a lot of things that already have, you know, internally battled themselves with how their money is affecting them before they even come into the door. So it's kind of like drowning those things out, starting on a clean slate. It's pretty important. That's interesting, Joe. How, how does it play out? Because I, I think your conversation about early origin or family of origin or childhood pieces, like are those conversations, do those come out in early dialogue with, with members and their in their conversations about wealth? I would say not not early on. Usually it's part of that not even having a piece of paper in front of you and just having that conversation about what their thought process is looking towards, setting those goals, and then kind of it kind of comes out of them of why my dad did this or my mom did that and mm. trying to build on, I think, their, their parents or their, their childhood of good or bad of how we can build on these things that we already know or don't know and have that literacy. Yeah, people can come to you in different stages. Sometimes it's... It, that background kind of informs how they feel about things. So 
if you have somebody who who didn't necessarily grow up around money, there can be a lack of comfort, you know, and so something positive in their life happens. It's a, a promotion at work or um, some type of financial windfall or just being in a position to start saving every month is, mm-hmm. is a milestone when you're starting out, you know, so sometimes you're looking for the security of somebody else helping you just navigate the educational process. Other people have done a very good job and made really good decisions. And because of those good financial decisions, found themselves in a great spot. And now they feel like maybe just their needs have, have outgrown what they're comfortable doing on their own. I, I repeat often to people, I think this process, if if somebody was inclined to invest the time into it, most people can handle their finances on their own. Mm-hmm. The truth is very few people are willing to do that. So it's not a it's not a issue of somebody not being capable of doing it. It's just where do you want to allocate your time as a person? And I think many people benefit from that spot check of somebody else being involved. So it's it's less going to an advisor and the advisor saying, oh, you screwed this up, do this, you screwed this up, do this. It's more collaborative. It's like, here's where we are. Here's the things you're telling me that are important. So we just want to create these subtle shifts in what you've been doing or maybe maybe adjust habits or where you're choosing to allocate your money and time so that they align with those long-term goals. Yeah, it's interesting as you are saying that we we probably, <clears throat> at times, sure, we lack maybe the education or the insight or the practical plan. Most of the time, I imagine you are encountering situations where people are bringing mindsets, relationships, expectations, fear into the, and a lot of that probably does come from cycles they've seen in their own families or their extended families or the narrative that they've, they've picked up along the way. So I'm, I'm curious how that maybe plays out in part of the journey for, for some of your clients, Joe? Sure. I was uh, just thinking when Heath was talking there that it's the people that come into the conversation that have had their parents have conversations with them as a kid or, or growing up that, are, that they can you can see that in themselves that they are better than the people that didn't by any means because there's a lot of people that grow up a lot of different ways. I think the this conversation, obviously, we're kind of focused on members that have, have started to encounter their own financial questions or needs. But just as a quick aside, like, for the benefit of future members, I think having those healthy, honest conversations with your kids around money is really important. Because, Joe, you're right. It's, I, I think your your background, there's nothing that happens in your background financially that you couldn't overcome. So this is not to say that if you don't start off in a certain position or with a certain access to certain tools that you're not going to overcome that, you will. But um, if you want to empower your family and empower your kids, like just have open conversations around finances and 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 don't ever don't ever let it be too much either negative or positive, meaning if, you know, don't put on the front that everything is easy and that there's never ending supply of money and that financially everything's great if you're not. Like you don't have to share your struggles completely as a parent, but you don't want to give them a false sense of what, you know, what adulthood is like. And and to the same side, if you're dealing with some struggles as a family, some open conversations around that can be helpful. Um, I, I just think kind of aligning, especially as kids get older, kind of aligning everybody in the household is really important. Like I, I, I'm now starting to think through sending off kids to college. And, you know, one of the things important there is that there's this shared understanding of what options are and are not available. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe everything's available to you and great. And for others, maybe there are very few options. Most of us fall somewhere in between, but open, honest conversations with kids can be really important. And then to bring it back to today's topic, I just think open conversations within your household with spouse or partner or, or sure. whoever else is in your financial life. Like, I, I think it puts you in a better footing to go out and get help from somebody else if you can walk in with an honest assessment of where you are and, like, an, a, fam- a family understanding of just 
what are the things maybe we've succeeded in and the things maybe we're struggling with? It makes it easier to get some help. Yeah, I think that putting that groundwork in, like he said earlier, was is very important. There's no magic conversation that we can have with somebody. But if you put the groundwork in at home first, because a lot of people come into those conversations and they think that we're going to fix something in their relationship with money and in their spouses and their kids, and we're not. You know, So having that conversation, doing the groundwork first, you know, talking over your budget, talking over what we need to do to, to complete that process, set those goals, I think is very important. And also talking with your kids. Yeah, you just you spurred a thought. So just through the process of maybe establishing some of those goals, I think it makes it easier not to be emotional about your money. Like I think if you're if you're coming in because something's on fire that we've neglected, you know, I I just think back to conversations. Somebody who calls and mm-hmm. says, I'm I'm ninety thousand dollars in credit card debt what's the quick fix? There is no quick fix, mm. right? Or I'm I'm 61 and I'd like mm. to start thinking about saving for retirement. Like I, mm. you feel for somebody who may be in that position, but the fact is there's no easy button to push. Mm. And so I, I think if you can start earlier, it's kind of the courage just to initiate that conversation. It gives you more runway and doesn't give you kind of this hurried schedule where you feel like I have a problem I now have to fix. It's like we have time to address these. We don't have to fix them all at once. It's just really to our very first comments, like starting that conversation. Yeah. As you all are discussing your real life jobs and roles and, and influence in, in people's financial lives, it, it, uh, it almost, I'm sure at times you feel more like counselors or therapists <laughs> sure. than, than wealth advisors, because it is, it is an emotional, I mean, I can imagine that 61 year old or the, the person in 90, with 90,000, like there, there, that is a brave first step to even admit no that there's problems, that yeah. there is a fire, that there is, um, something that's really bad yeah. <laughs> and, and to not be met with the response from you, you, or obviously other wealth advisors at the credit union of, yeah, you are so bad, yeah. <laughs> but instead this kind of safe, yep. um, oh man, like we can kind of metabolize that stuff and be a, a safe uh, place for them to to process that and then say like yeah and it's not going to be an easy road yeah that's a that's probably a pretty delicate balance y'all face yeah pretty much so yeah it's, it's hard to sit down with somebody that's not started that process later in life especially when you have to tell them some not so good news sometimes of how hard you do have to work and it's mm-hmm. it's actually a very good feeling when you can sit down with somebody and get them through that situation and look at them, you know, after you've been there for many, many years with them to get them to a situation where they're better off. But I think like what Heath said earlier, but starting with your kids, it's very important to start early and to have those conversations. Um, as you're growing up, you see these people that have a lot of things that spend a lot of money that do a lot of things with their kids. And you think as a child, like that person is wealthy and that's not always the case. That's mm-hmm. usually the person that comes in at 61 and says, I haven't started for my financial future yet. Mm-hmm. So it's always a, a good thing to, to have those conversations with the kids and also start early yourself. If you can, yes, we can help later on in life, but it's easier to start early. You guys have both referenced several times this need for a plan, yeah. <laughs> maybe not the most, complicated or sophisticated piece at the beginning, but where in this emotional journey that that, that members and, and future members are, are walking, this road they're walking, that you're helping guide them along that journey, when does the plan come into play and, and, and how significant is that plan? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a bit of the art of what we do. Like, I, I think when you start that journey with somebody, it's all a part of a bigger plan. Like from an advisor's perspective, I, I I feel like if somebody comes into my office and they have what is seemingly 
one challenge or one question, you're not even really giving them an answer based on that single question. You're trying to do it within the context of their full financial life, even if they're not ready to start talking about it. So if, if, you know, back to the example of sending a kid off to college, so somebody could walk in and that could be the sole focus because that's what they're dealing with today. Well, the truth is you couldn't give them good advice on what to do, how to handle sending a child to college if you haven't considered their retirement needs and other competing interests, right? And maybe they're not ready to tackle all that, but if you're doing your job, you're carrying them through some of those conversations so you can give advice. The way I look at it is the advisor's job is not to tell somebody no or tell them what to do. You just you want to educate them to the point where they feel like they're going to make a decision they're comfortable with because at the end of the day, it's their money. Mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. I think for, for it to work that way, for somebody to be able to have this long, comfortable process, there has to be this inherent trust. Like They really have to, to feel comfortable with who they're working with. And people need to understand they're in control of that. There are thousands of good advisors within 100 miles of, of sure. you know mm-hmm. the credit union. Mm-hmm. And so- you know, I, I think the maybe the most important thing for, you know, the member of the family, the saver, the investor is to just if you're going to invest time somewhere, if you're going to outsource it to somebody, invest the time into finding the right person. Sure. Yeah. I always say there's a advisor on every single street corner out there. Right. Yeah. Not street corner. But <laughs> <laughs> and not to think that our job is hard by any means, not what we're trying to hear for. But it, it is a difficult, you know, balancing act we talked about earlier of trying to find the personal conversation that means something to them, but also trying to push away the emotional side of, of why they're there um, and not have those long, drawn-out conversations that are not really important to their plan and really trying to uh, get those details that are actually important to them and help them uh, get to where they need to go. And But also people bring this level of, I need to do this when they come here. And like he said, we need to take that piece of it, but also mm-hmm. bring that bigger plan to, to the table mm-hmm. because some people aren't willing to talk about it. They have this single dollar and they want to invest this dollar a certain way and they talk to 10 other people that say, don't pay for this, don't do that, do this, don't do this. At the same time, trying to get that more of the conversation there, it might take a, a small plan that we started at first and two hours later come to a, a larger picture, which there's going to be more successful, I think. Mm. Yeah, that's great. And and I th- as you all are walking through these financial planning situations, how do you navigate the rough framework for all all humans that would be helpful for all humans versus the individual and personalized needs for that particular individual family situation? Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Because there are like general <laughs> macro good principles, right? But sure. but you, you're Joe, your point of hey one dollar and I've got ten opinions. Sure. Yeah. It's a it's a very personal thing at the end of sure. the day. Well, I get personal. I tell them about my story, where I've been, where I go, my my goals I set for myself, how I do it myself, and it, I hopefully that helps with people trying to set their own goals. I, I get personal. I tell them about my family, and it helps me a lot with bringing out the conversation in them. I think the way that I try to address that is that you want to make it comfortable and allowing them to start small. You know, so if somebody comes in with a budget question or or honestly, there are a lot of triggers. It, change at home, a change in your job, a financial change, a hardship, something you weren't expecting, like whatever it is, you let them come in to address that. But then it's your job to kind of zoom out where important and help them basically just help them consider the things that need to be considered for them to make a decision. Even if that decision is around back to that singular topic. So Mm. if somebody comes in to talk about budgeting, Budgeting is really you just deciding how you're going to allocate your money, right? It's a pretty personal decision. So, like, there are some common – you talk about these commonalities. Like, we should probably all 
not spend as much as we make, right? And we should start saving early and think long-term when it's long-term money and don't take too much risk with short-term money. There's a thousand examples, but once you move beyond those kind of common themes, you have to figure out what makes that person unique and what their needs and concerns are to give any type of actionable advice. Sure. And you said there's a thousand financial advisors out there, and that's the truth. And, and they probably have had many conversations themselves with some order takers, some actual financial planners. But um, and to Heath's point, to find a, a good financial planner, wealth advisor, you're looking for somebody that's actually going to take the time to not just be the order taker, not just take your money and invest it a, a certain way, but to actually get that full plan in place um, is, is very important. So it's it's all about trust. Yeah. And, and- you both I'm highlighting your trust comment Joe because you both have talked about that and I think you know being specific about the emotions generally people are walking into most of these relationships with some level of discomfort mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. most aren't probably coming to you with this like hey everything's amazing we've got more uh, smarter investments we've got we, everything's perfect right yeah. they're right. coming in some sort of distress or fear or panic or, oh my gosh, like it's, it's, I'd imagine most of those initial conversations aren't based in security. They're based in distress. And so in order for them to feel safe, that trust has to be the foundation of that relationship in order to move them towards this peace of mind. So how we've, we've talked about the plan. How does that plan and that preparation help foster and create this path towards peace? Yeah. To me, it creates pace. Hmm. And so... We just said a lot of... We alliterated very well. I know. know. Preparation, peace. (laughs) Pace. Yeah. It's great. There's nothing else to say then. We've covered it. (laughs) It, You know, it's like, because there's that one trigger you said that likely caused that, even if it's just a minor concern, prompted them to have the conversation. Um, By attaching a plan to it, I think it makes it easier to then address later concerns. Like... I, to me, the the financial planning process I tell clients is not linear. Like this is, to me, it's a bit a bit silly that our industry has decided that the way you provide a financial plan is you do a bunch of work on the front end around all these topics that may not even be of any concern, right? And so, if you look at most financial plans, they come in paper form. They're fifty pages long. They talk about all these different domains. Um, th- to me, they look more like a sales tool than a, a useful financial sure. planning tool, and. It, when you throw all that at them up front, it's it's the assumption that like all of those things are important. We can fix them all now, and that's not how it works. And so, you know, the, I think the industry is guilty of this big plan up front, and we're going to have this quarterly conversation and this annual sit down. That's not at all how life works for any of us. Like think mm-hmm. back to how your families progressed through the years. It's it's a roller coaster, and maybe for some, it's fortunately been a pretty mild ride. For other people, it's been more extreme. But like there are times where you are needed. And I just, you know, I, the way I look at it is I don't want to see you every quarter. I want to see you every week when you really need me. Mm. And when things are working and you've effectively outsourced this to me, the, mission accomplished for you, right? You're not worrying about this stuff. And when it's time to pick back up the conversation, we will. Hmm. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah, getting that plan in place, though, like he said, is not as important as a 1,500-page document that says we need to do this. It's it's always changing uh, situation. Everybody's lives are changing. But as, uh, but getting that plan in place to fall back on when times are tough is important. Right right, right now we have the market down, what, 16% your day, something yeah, like that? Too lots. much. <laughs> the compliance is going <laughs> to kill too me much. for not quoting yeah. this. Yeah. It's down this year. Let's yeah, just say that. It's lots. And it's down lots. And But it's not as bad as people think it is. And it's that plan in place that they can come back to you and say, where are we at in this plan? And I can say, well, here we're at. You know, mm-hmm. we were expecting this situation to come up because it comes up 
every so often. The market does do this, but having that plan in place where we know where we're getting our money from and having that trusted contact to, to, to call upon and say, where do we need to take our income from or how do we pivot in this 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 uh the situation you know having that that set in place is important that that to me is an example of how you know things are working for clients so you know we had a, a day in the market recently where we we're down a thousand points and on a percentage basis it's different than it used to be but that number gets people's mm-hmm. attention right so the question i was asked the next day was how many phone calls did you get truth is i didn't get a single one mm-hmm. and it's not because i'm doing anything better or smarter than anybody else it's just with these relationships you've had for some time, once you really establish this long-term perspective and you quit worrying about everybody else and their needs and what, you know, you don't worry about what somebody else is making in their 401k because it's not relevant to you. It's not going to impact your retirement in any way. Once you start to focus on yourself and your needs, mm-hmm. you stop worrying about those smaller, you know, we'll call them blips. That doesn't mean any of my clients were probably happy that day. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I didn't turn off mm-hmm. the news early in the day because I didn't want to watch it all day. But mm-hmm. when you maintain perspective, you can just realize this is a part of the process that should be expected. And so why get, not to be too stoic about it, but why get worked up over something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. I think it's also separating that emotional side from the from the money. If you can get in there and they all of a sudden they're always talking about return, cost, that's the only conversation mm-hmm. they're having. You might not have the best relationship with them. That's not planning. That's mm-hmm. not planning. Over the years, though, usually can get into some sort of conversation on a quarterly, monthly, weekly basis that they feel comfortable where they're at because you have got them there and and, and, and have that plan in place. So mm-hmm. separating those emotional uh, side of things, when the market's down 1,200 points, whatever mm-hmm. it was last Friday, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and the conversation is just, okay, next week we'll mm-hmm. talk, you know, and instead of having a, a situation where the house is on fire, you know, you can have that conversation a week later and still still do well and still be a, a good trusted advisor to them. Mm, that's great. Yeah, and, and I'm curious if there are stories or specific tools, templates, if it's not a 50-page document, are there some practical anchors to remind people of, well, again, whether that's, I mean, you've mentioned some quarterly or monthly conversations or every week if it's crazy and tough. Um, what what tools or or templates, so to speak, are helping carry through some of those lower parts of the journey? Yeah, I think it's, this is where I think advisors' personal preference and how they operate can vary from person to person. So I don't know that there is a right way to do it. I think my focus personally is that you want to give families access to enough information they they feel connected, you know? So you want to encourage them not to get caught up in the day-to-day movement of the market. It doesn't, frankly, have an impact on your long-term goals at all. So you you want them to kind of maintain that perspective we were talking about before, but you want them to feel connected in a way that they understand if something's off and it drives a little concern for them, you want to prompt that call. And those are the things you don't know as an advisor, right? You, you can't, you're not just automatically going to know if somebody is stressed out because oftentimes that stress is coming from something external that isn't going to show up on a statement or someplace mm-hmm. else. So it's giving them access to money. And then I think the way that I have personally kind of migrated some over time, like I, I, poke a little fun at these long financial plans and documents. Truth is what I did for the first five years. Mm -hmm. Like I just thought that's what you were Mm -hmm. supposed to do. I've really gravitated towards something that's more dynamic so that when it's time to have these conversations, we can have a real time conversation and kind of see the facts and figures move in real time. So, you know, it's, it's us leveraging technology and and Mm -hmm. using more digital solutions where to me, again, you like, you have to make this comfortable and manageable. And so you've got to find a way that, that families feel connected enough to their money that they, Mm -hmm. When, when they have a problem, they'll externalize it and they'll tell you. And when they're ready to address it, it's easy to address without restarting the process. So you shouldn't have to collect two hours of information to redo a plan. You should be able to pick up pick up where you left off 
adjust based on what's changed in their life and, and, you know, leverage all of the time that you've invested with that family before. Yeah, it's it's hard when you're meeting with people all the time, and that's the truth. Is we're meeting with people and talking with people every single day, clients and non-clients, and it's 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 hard to figure out where everybody's um, uh, pain points are, mm. and and when and how to address them, when and how to address them. Um, each person is going to be different if they want that 50-page document. Some people love those sure. big old plans they can read through every single month if they wanted to. And some people just want to talk about it. So it just mm-hmm. depends on the person. Just like every advisor is different, every single client can be different as well. Um, and they're going to be uh, different situations no matter where they're going. But it is important to have some sort of, if it's a conversation, notes, or a 50-page document, it doesn't matter what it is. I think just having that plan in place, um, and that plan it can be as simple as, uh, Joe, I I want to make 5000 a month and I want to spend 4500 of it, that's a plan, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to save 500 Or if I want to take on income from the three accounts, it might be more important to have a more structured plan in place where you have a longer document that has many, many moving parts where you can, you can change on, like he said, a dynamic plan. You can change it, but it's important to at least have it. It's a, it's a really good point. So no matter what form the plan takes. There has to be something to tether future conversations to, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're not planning. You're just starting and stopping and handling these one-off concerns. And the plan can be a conversation, like you said. It could be single domain. It could be really comprehensive and complex. It could be in paper. It could be mm-hmm. online. It could be, like you said, for some people, if you put that push that paper across the table, mm-hmm. it wouldn't resonate at all. It doesn't do, doesn't do them any good. Mm-hmm. So Confusing. there is some flexibility in that. That's like you adapt to what best serves the client to make good decisions. And it's going to look different for a lot of people. Sure. My, my process is that any depends on who they are, obviously. Um, but I just always like to let them know that they need to contact me when there's a problem. And that's the biggest point that I want to make to my clients is that when they can't don't contact me, I don't know. That's a hard thing being an advisor. And, and through the years of being an advisor, you've seen people come and go. And the ones that go are the ones that don't feel comfortable to contact you. And that's a very unfortunate part. And you, you learn the process and trying to get more comfortable with somebody. But making it more personal, I think, it doesn't matter how big or small it is. It's a personal side. What makes them tick is the, the biggest part. I've written down some words, that emotions, some feelings, some things that you all have discussed and expressed and, and on and teeth to your point it's not all linear it's not that all of these emotions evaporate when there's a clear plan right uh, we're human and it's tricky and messy but general buckets my mind is thinking of this metaphor of a bridge and on one side of that bridge you've got embarrassed stressed overwhelmed afraid ashamed scared all all things you've discuss you two have discussed real real examples of real humans doing this feeling these emotions and on the other side you you all have painted this picture of prepared aware connected hopeful peace freedom trust (laughs) and those are those are wildly different states of being and this bridge potentially could be anchored right in the trust in the relationship with the guide and in the um, the plan itself, having something to anchor from this one state of being to the other. Yep. And again, not that it's so simple that you just walk across the bridge and you feel freedom. Right. <laughs> but but to, to get there, you do have to journey. You have to do that work. And I'm curious, A, if that resonates, and then B, are there stories of members that come to mind that have experienced, not hypothetical, but have experienced that 
second part of the leg of the journey, that, that hopeful um, uh, financial peace of mind. Yeah. What, what, is, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, it, it's one of the benefits of having done this for a while now is you've been able to come through you know, an entire kind of working career for some people and get them to retirement. So you've seen that. And so you can get those, I feel be- those aha moments where I feel better because there's something that's really stressing them out. But it's really just a matter of, of kind of informing or educating and they realize, oh, there is a path for this to work. It's not overwhelming. But, you know, to think of, of real client examples of where there's been this kind of sense of peace on the other side, like I can think of, of one family that it's really, it's been a 20 year relationship at this point. And candidly, like there were moments where, where they challenged me, like whether it was me not inspiring enough confidence in them, if, if there was a little lack of trust, if they weren't sure about the advice they were given. But to me, it was this journey over 20 years. Mm. And when it was time to retire, you know, the comment was, we never thought we'd be in this position. Mm. You know, I'm getting the benefit of seeing a lot of that now. My clients tend to be a little Mm. bit older than me. And so I've got most of my clients are at, or, or at least close to retirement, um, the ones who who invested the time early on when it still felt far away mm. and made these subtle adjustments and and just stayed connected to that plan in some way. It didn't mean that they had to obsess over it or, or come in and see me even that often in some cases, but mm. they stayed connected to the plan. So when we were faced with decisions, we had something to pull from. Um, this tends to work over time. And it's, that's, that's not, again, because an advisor is great or has some magic touch. It's just when you can kind of both fall into that process and they can, they can kind of release some of the emotion that might lead to them making bad decisions because they're talking. Sometimes your, your job as an advisor, you said this earlier, is just to sit and listen. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes families know the answer. They just need to talk it out loud with somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, that maybe is the most rewarding part of this. There are sometimes really challenging situations. You, you, you work through with families that are rewarding, but a really big one is to kind of see that, that date where they're like, whether they want to retire or not, it's like, we can, mm-hmm. we've kind of hit mm-hmm. that end goal. We've raised a family. We've done all these things. We've accomplished these goals. May choose to work for one more year or 10 more years, but like mission accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. That bridge is, uh, comes along a lot of hard work from us and them usually. And it's, uh, it's very rewarding when you go through that process and it, a plan is a process. It, it takes a while to actually develop it and actually be personal to them. Cause I don't usually know them walking in the door, but when, when they walk out of the door months or years later and they have a, uh, like a retirement or have a kid that they feel protected and, you know, mm-hmm. develop some insurance plans, whatever it is, you know, at the end of the day, we, we helped out, which is, is, is very rewarding to me as an advisor. Mm, that's awesome. What we're going to wrap here in a moment. What is it like for those who have that choice to say, yeah, I can do that. What's that state of being for them who have executed the plan, who have trusted that process, who have navigated that journey through the dips and the high points of the roller coaster? I think I'm mixing metaphors at this yeah. point. Um, but would love to hear what's that state of being like for a member? It's like an aha moment, like euphoria, yeah. I think. I, like peace is the word that sticks yeah. out to me. It's like you've got this freedom of choice that – not that you don't always have choice with your money, but I think all of us make sacrifices, mm. right? The example I've given in the past is, is you now back to the conversation about sending a kid to college. Like there are sacrifices I would be willing to make for my kids to go to the school that they wanted to go to. If that means I work an extra couple of years, that's a trade-off I'm willing to make, but there's a sacrifice attached to that. So everybody makes those choices throughout their life. But when you get to that point where you feel like, okay, this is, things have, have gone to plan, even if they didn't every mm. step of the way, like we've always come back to center line, you know, there's just this piece. It's like we, you know, those sacrifices were worth it. Mm. Is 
that's kind of the way to look at it. Joe, how about you? What what comes to mind when you think of a member who is experiencing that peace of mind state? What's it like for them? Uh, peace of mind for a member that comes in and, and sits down and says they, they've done it uh, is a very good feeling. But I, I always like to tell people that it's, it's an ever-ending process. You know, the peace of mind doesn't stop there. Hopefully, we can keep doing that work that we have, keep going go on that same plan and uh, get you through retirement, whatever that situation is. Yeah, that's awesome. Y'all, this has been a wonderfully informing and helpful and encouraging, to use a feeling, <laughs> conversation. <laughs> um, as members think about the highlights of the dialogue, what are what are a couple, two, three key takeaways that they can kind of circle proverbially in Sharpie and keep in their minds about this conversation? What are a few big takeaways? I think the conversation, you're having the conversation with whoever it is, your kids, your spouse, your uncle, your mom, dad, whatever it is, um, you know, bring that conversation. If you need help, please reach out. Um, I think it's the biggest piece. That's good. Yeah. And to always remember the way that you're internalizing money is going to influence the decisions you make. Make sure that, and we can't help that. Like we all feel how we feel. Make sure they're your feelings. So don't let this be a comparison with your neighbor, your friend, your family member, um, I can assure you, no matter how well you are doing, there's somebody who's doing better financially. And no matter how poorly you're doing, there's somebody who's suffering more, right? Let this be about you so that the decisions are at least true to what you want to accomplish. Um, the, the, the phrase is don't let comparison be the thief of joy. Like there, all of us need to remind ourselves mm-hmm. of that, of how fortunate many of us are. If you spend your time thinking about how well somebody else is doing, you can lose some of that, which is mm-hmm. unfortunate. So keep it personal and let it be your goals, your desires, your fears that drive that process. Awesome. Those are helpful. How about one more, Joe? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing I think is that the, the everybody's plan is different. It doesn't matter if it's big or small. Um, it doesn't matter if you have a, a very high income or low income. Everybody needs a plan. Even if you work at it with, by yourself at home, there's plenty of uh, research out there, plenty of information. If you feel overwhelmed, please reach out. That's the biggest piece uh, that I can tell people is that everybody's plan is different, but reach out if you have, have those needs. That's wonderful. How can members get in touch with either of you, both of you, or broader folks at the credit union willing to help? Easy to find. So there, there's a team throughout the entire city, and, and, and we have clients all over the country. So just communityamerica.com. You can find access to all the advisors there. You can visit any of our branches or locations, and they can get you connected as well. That's wonderful. Joe, first time on the podcast. How are you feeling, man? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> we make up pretty well. next week. <laughs> uh, Joe, thanks for joining us today, my friend. Thank you, Justin. Heath, it's good to have you back on and uh, hear both of your words of wisdom as members are navigating real human emotion from um, all aspects of, of, of the process for sure. So grateful for your time and, and your insights today. Thanks, Justin. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. Looking forward to the next time. Take care. This podcast is brought to you by Community America Credit Union. This recording is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to replace the advice of a loan representative or financial advisor. The examples provided are for illustration purposes only and may not apply to your situation. Since every situation is different, we recommend speaking to a loan representative or financial advisor regarding your specific needs. All loans are subject to approval. 
You may also want to contact your tax advisor for additional tax implications. Any reference to third-party websites are provided for information purposes only and are not endorsed by Community America. Community America is an equal housing lender. Securities and advisory services offered through Copper Financial Network, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Copper Financial is a registered investment advisor. Copper Financial is a wholly owned subsidiary of Community America Credit Union. Wealth Management by Community America is a marketing name used by Copper Financial. Please visit communityamerica.com to learn more about how we can assist you in achieving your financial peace of mind.